This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Prime Spark, the podcast that brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. The second women's revolution is here, and it is time for us to fuel a spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Now, here is your host for Prime Spark, Sarah Hart. Welcome to Prime Spark. This is Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close to help us all have our happiest, most fulfilling, most productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission. So what that means is we all need to get involved and we all need to get started now. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Mary Rawls, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Mary is married with two grown married sons, one in San Francisco and the other in New York City. She has two granddaughters. Quitting a lucrative career to raise kids, she stayed home, worked part-time for many years, and became a teacher at midlife. Retiring from teaching and feeling not quite fulfilled career-wise led her to launch a new entrepreneurial adventure as a personal trainer. Mary began working at Body Kinetics in Marin, California, with clients one-on-one, and she loved it. She evolved into teaching classes, reaching more people at a time. She partnered with The Villages, a local chapter of the national organization, and created classes for people middle-aged and older. She quit to teach classes at a gym closer to home, Five Points Fitness. Eventually, Mary started her own fitness business, Fit for the Rest of Your Life, with outdoor classes for employees of the nearby Marin Civic Center, and then classes on Zoom when COVID hit. All along, Mary wanted to be more than just working physically with other women. During her lifetime, she's seen startling changes and opportunities for women and pioneers in the generation right ahead of her, like Jane Fonda and Gloria Steinem. As a disruptor of aging, She's interested in anything to do with educating people about the physical capabilities of older people, of changing people's images about aging. Through the women's organization Revel for Women 50 Plus, I'm sorry, 40 Plus, she's connected with other entrepreneurial women, has conducted interviews with older athletes, led events and fitness challenges. Currently, she's growing her website and social media presence and wants to continue to explore ways to reach and encourage more people to get stronger and more fit in midlife and beyond. Welcome, Mary. I'm so happy you're here. 
Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I told you earlier, I just can't think of anything I'd rather do than encourage other women to get stronger and to uh, get fitter. We can always aim higher and especially as we age. So let's first start with you. So do you experience getting older? And if so, what is that experience? And if not, why do you think that is? Oh, that's a great question. So today there was a perfect example. Um, I was working one-on-one with a client and she was really struggling with this difficult exercise. It was so hard she couldn't complete the full set of reps. And I said to her, I remember when that was so hard for me to do. And it was just like maybe five years ago. And I said, that's a good thing, isn't it? Encouraging to feel I'm getting older, but I'm getting stronger. And I am getting stronger and actually more limber in different ways. So yes, yeah, I feel like I'm getting older and uh, my knees are sore probably all day long. I, you know, I have um, arthritis in every joint of my body. Um, but there's also this, this um, fitness level that I'm maintaining that definitely helps with aging. And the other thing, one of my women today in my noon class said, you know, these, these classes really helped me mentally also. And being fit and having to work hard, getting all that oxygen flowing, if you're doing some really high intensity cardio, or if you have to be thinking, what am I going to do next? Or what is that exercise? So we're exercising our brains and our bodies and, and that's helping with aging. And also, um, thinking about ahead of where I want to be and, and, and being realistic about those next stages. Mid seventies at this point is the next stage, eighties, uh, mid eighties, nineties. So each stage, I think it's really important to be realistic for what I expect of myself and expect myself to be doing. So that's really interesting, Mary, when you talk about that, um, because we all hear stories about 95-year-olds who are doing triathlons. I mean, you know, but those are the outliers, I think. Most of us don't do triathlons at 95 years old. So what, in your experience, can a woman expect to be able to do in her 60s, 70s, 80s if she keeps fit? Um, I'm not clear what you mean. If she keeps fit, you mean, I mean, if she keeps, if she keeps working out, if she keeps exercising, if she stays active, um, I assume that there are differences in what somebody who's 60 can do as to compared with what somebody's 80 can do. Is that true? Or is that not true? I think it's absolutely true. And especially if you measure yourself against yourself, right (laughs) at 60 or 80, assuming you are at, you know, a really high level of fitness. But I think what's missing in the question is um, the intensity of exercise. If I want to stay where I am at 60 
and keep that same intensity of wherever I am. Say it's not a really high intensity, but I walk and I'm, I'm very active. I do yoga and I do uh, Pilates and I walk every day. I'm very active. So you're going to stay active for the rest of your life. You're going to be able to move better than someone who's doing nothing. That's absolutely certain. But you will be losing muscle and you're going to lose a certain amount of muscle as you age. And that's why I'm so passionate about strength training because by adding in some kind of basic strength training, strength exercises twice a week, you're going to be able to do more because you'll be stronger. And, you know, we'll talk more about what I mean by stronger, but it's a functional kind of fitness I'm talking about where it will enable you to do more as you age. And I guess I'll start with an example. There's a woman that's very famous on Instagram. Her, Her name is Joan McDonald. And if you look her up, it's train with Joan. And she has well over a million followers. And what's really special about Joan is that she has documented her progress in getting stronger. And she started at age 70. And I think it's so important to know it's never too late. And this was someone who was not very fit or active her whole life. She wasn't one of those, oh, sure, you could do, you could take up uh, marathons in your 70s. That is if you've been a runner, right? (laughs) But Joan was none of that. She was, you know, she was probably active gardening or whatever. But she started at 70. She's 75 now and and she's a beast. (laughs) She's um, not only strong, she's physically changed her body. She's changed her life. She's just blossomed in front of her Instagram audience. And when you see that kind of transformation, it's extreme. And she works extremely hard at it. So, you know, you're back to your question. It's a long answer. But the thing is, where do you expect to be? Well, what kind of effort do you expect you'll be putting in? And do you want to up your effort to open up more opportunities? You can do that. You don't have to, but you can. So if um, let's pretend I'm in my mid-60s. And let's say um, I want to keep the same level of fitness I have now. I don't necessarily want to up it a lot, but I want to maintain it. Does that mean I I need to keep doing the same amount of of strength training and exercise that I'm doing now? Or does it mean I need to increase it as I get older to maintain? Well, definitely you would be losing muscle unless you increased your activity level because you're maintaining now, but as you age, you're going to naturally lose um, not only muscle, but endurance and whatever else comes with aging. So yes, you on some level will need to up it, but so say you're a walker, I don't mean you have to walk twice as far, but you may find strategies that will help you keep that same level of walking fitness. So Maybe you start now by adding some hills or 
some faster walking or some more challenges to whatever you do so that you, as you age, <laughs> you sort of keep up with that. Right. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yes, it definitely makes sense. That, that, that answers my question very well. So I know that you're a big advocate of, of strength training, and you've said that, and um, I've read that, and I understand. So what do you, I know that, that it depends on the person, but sort of generally, what would you recommend for women in their 60s and 70s for strength training? When I think of strength training, I think of big guys with big barbells in there and then crashing to the floor. And um, I, I can't do that. And, and so what, what is strength training from your perspective? Okay, so from my perspective, strength training, when I use that term, I'm thinking of it more as a overall program of fitness. And strength training that I advocate is what I've called functional fitness, functional training. And that is movements that will help you in your daily life. So uh. if you have a big barbell, you know, and these giant weights on your back, that'll be, you'll get a lot stronger, but you, you, it's not really, you don't need that to function better. You could do that same exercise at a lower level of strength, right? So, so here's a example, um, a squat and people say, oh no, I can't do squats. I have bad knees, but I'm like, well, can you get up and down from a chair? <laughs> and they're like, well, of course they do that every day. And then I show them how they can sit in a chair and then just start standing and sitting down in a way that they're doing a squat. And that's where we start. But where we end is up to, is up to the, the person and their goals. But you want to get to a point where you can do some functional exercise and you can see how a squat relates so well to your daily life, getting up and down onto a chair without holding, without holding onto the arms of the chair, right? And you wanna be able to do that easily through your 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. You wanna, okay, that's number one. Does, number two, when in my class, I alternate the exercises, one standing, one's on the mat, one standing, one's on the mat. And just today, the, the, another woman said, um, I love that because I'm getting that practice and I love doing it in the class and we work one-on-one. -on -one. She said, it's so much easier for me to get up and down off the ground. And when I was in my mid sixties, um, I was very overweight. Well, closer to my late fifties, early sixties, um, I weighed 50 pounds more than I do now. And I wasn't exercising. I was working and had kids and I had neglected myself and I was teaching third grade and getting up and down from circle time on the rug was getting embarrassing. I felt like a dog, you know, I had to sort of move around and get into these weird, you know, positions to easily get up without embarrassing myself. And um, so yeah, there's a squat will help you getting up and down. And uh, we always do something for the chest. So those big muscles above your chest or you know above your breast, right? 
in here. Those are going to help with your posture and they're going to help you be more upright. They're going to help you function better if you have to pick things up or push furniture across the room. And the thing most of us don't think about is our back. If you're not into strength training, you probably haven't thought of your back too much lately, except when you have a lower back pain, right? And you can build these beautiful, strong backs by doing um, some, you know, it takes work, but you, you start with these easy rows. You can use a band or, you know, uh, small dumbbells you start, but you want to build up to a, a point where you're, you're putting quite a bit of resistance back there. And then you've got a strong back. What's that do? It's functional. It keeps you upright, but it keeps you, it's, it helps you lift your grandchildren. <laughs> it helps you get that grandchild and, and get them in and out of the car seat because you're, you're learning to keep upright, keep a flat back, how to move. In fact, the woman said that this morning. That's another thing I remember. She said, I had to help my friend with this. It was a big like flea market event. And she said, I couldn't believe it. I was moving chairs and I felt like I knew the right way to move them. And I was so proud of myself. She said, I would have maybe used my back more, but she just intuitively knew. And then we started talking and we said, yeah, when you use your back muscles, all of a sudden you're aware they're there and you're going to lift something heavy. Um, you're going to use your back, your chest, but you're also going to use those big things you sit on every day, which is your glutes. Those muscles in your buttocks, those are the biggest muscles in your body. And when you're getting up and down from a squat, you're working those big muscles in, in your glutes. But your those hip and um, all the muscles surrounding your hip complex are going to help you power yourself, your lower body. You want to hike. We, we want to be active through life. Um, they're going to help you move up and down hills, up and down stairs. And so that's what I'm talking about as functional. So I would come up with a series of exercises that are going to get those major muscles. And of course, your legs are a part of it. But we sort of think of strength training and you tend to think, oh, we're going to get the arms and the legs. <laughs> you know, you think of those machines at the gym. But what my focus is, is the core, which I hadn't mentioned, the chest, the back, the glutes, you know, maybe, and women always want something for their arms. <laughs> but those are secondary compared to the big movers that help you function. So like the, the woman I'm working with that I mentioned, um, she, she has some basic, very basic exercises, just a squat, a push up against the wall. So just getting, you wanna get that chest. She's with a couple of core exercises. It's always a bridge or something that gets those uh, uh, glutes and um, yeah, and something for the back. And there you have a program and it can be, it can be simple, but you can make simple pretty complicated and make it, or I shouldn't say complicated. For this woman, I made simple hard and she would, 
she was surprised. Okay, so she's a good example because we just started her strength training program last week. And I gave her the exercises, which were so basic. And she, I said, did you do them? And she said, uh, oh, yeah, I did some, you know, and I'm like, how'd that go? And I could tell by her answer, she didn't do the workout as explained. Okay, so would you like me to tell you what, what happened? Or am I getting you sidetracked too much? Uh, no, I'm just now I'm curious about what happened and then we'll go okay. on. So I gave her um, nine exercises. Okay. And the, very simple, a push up against the wall. We're not killing her or anything. And, and you could go do your push ups against the wall and you're like, this is, I hire a personal trainer for that, you know? But um, the, okay, I put it in three different circuits of three, three, six, nine, right? So the first two exercises were say the getting up and out of your chair, a basic squat, push up against the wall. And the third one was go out on her patio and go up and down her steps, at these one step as fast as she could, because we haven't talked about the uh, high intensity part of the workouts, which is a huge piece of it. So she had sort of done it, but she didn't do it three times in a row without stopping. And she didn't do it for a full minute. So we're like one minute of push-ups, as fast as you can get to the next thing, as fast as you can get to those steps. And we're not stopping, you're gonna do two more sets. And she's like, after the first set of three, she's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this isn't how I had done it. She had like, oh, I'll just do a few here, do a few there. Well, by the time we went through three sets of three, that took a simple workout and made it very difficult. I mean, for where she, her level is. Right. So. You know what's really, what's really interesting, Mary, for the, for the first time, I've actually understood what functional means. I mean, it means that we're doing things so we can function well, because I think, I mean, I think about the things you're talking about. And if we all think about things, older people that we've known over the years, some have great difficulty getting out of chairs. Um, there are others we have known who are very hunched over. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so if if each of us thinks about how do I want to be when I'm in my 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and I'm and I'm not um, doing these exercises, or I'm not going to the gym, or I'm not working with a personal trainer to get bulky and strong i'm doing it so i can do these functional things throughout my life that will help me live a happier more independent more fulfilled life so it is it's um it's not separate from life it's not something that is extra it is something that is uh deeply rooted in living a really good life as we go forward. That's really interesting. So tell me, do you, you, um, you went into personal training at age 66. How did you make that decision? I keep thinking, why did I do that? What was, what was I thinking? <laughs> but it, it was because I had been, so I had been small my entire life. I mean, I'm five one. I, I, 
you know, I, I, I never had a big weight issue and I'd been a jogger and, you know, I'd, I'd been active. To have that midlife experience of getting really round in the middle and feeling so sluggish, not wearing high heels any longer. You know, I was wearing practical athletic shoes for my, and knees that were, I was going in for cortisone shots and I had arthroscopic surgery. I was in my late fifties. I could see the writing on the wall, but I somehow lost the weight, started with yoga and Pilates. And I, these are things I had done in the past, but I slowly started and just started getting, then I'm like, oh, I'm going to aim for some of those harder classes at the gym, which I think all of us, it's a good goal. <laughs> Go for the, you know, something that's going to push you. So, um, okay. So then I got stronger and stronger and I started feeling so much better. It's so, so life-changing to begin to sort of reshape your body and then feel so much different. And also, so much better about facing aging. And I just felt like a little bit of a, um, uh, what do you call people? Um, I can't think of it that go to other countries for their religions. <laughs> um, missionary, a missionary. <laughs> I felt like a missionary. I wanted to go get other people, let them know they could change. And what I liked the most about the change was that I changed it in the middle part of my body. I, you know, sort of that roundness that was, that came with the weight change. Um, so I changed my shape and I changed, you know, my energy. And I, then I thought, well, what could I do? So I ended up talking to someone about working at a gym because I wanted a part after a year of retirement, I, I knew I needed something. Right. So then they're like, well, you could get a personal training certificate. And, you know, of course I was a little bit of a freak. Nobody else was in their sixties uh, doing it, but, but I really found myself being a role model for, for people who wanted to uh, work with someone older because, you know, they thought, well, I could do it too, or she's doing it. Um, you know, and I think the fact that I was older, I, I, I knew what people wanted, you know, ways people were afraid to move and ways that people, um, you know, their bodies felt. I know where the knee pain, <laughs> I know, um, you know, the fear that comes as you get older and falling where, you know, someone younger isn't going to have that, that information. So I do think it was something I could do and, and share my passion for getting fitter. But, but one thing that happened that was a real eye opener for me is um, I went through the training. We had, they had sort of an apprentice program and it was great. It was in person at this gym. And then I decided to work with a trainer. I had never done that. And I uh, worked with a trainer and we did a real progressive weight training. And 
I was talking to this woman I work out with in the mornings today about being on this podcast. I said, what should I tell these women? And she said, to work out hard. (laughs) You've got to work out hard. And so she was someone who was always active. You know, she was a swimmer. She was athletic. She, she did she was very religious about doing these workouts. She had that one of those home gyms that had the equipment, I don't know, you know. And so she thought she was really doing well, but she had never pushed herself. And that's what happened with me and the trainer because I thought I was pretty fit. I became a personal trainer. I didn't think I was amazing, but I thought, well, I'm pretty strong. Well, not for long, you know, our first few sessions, he quickly found my weak spots. A, he worked with me in developing exercises to get my range of motion improved, which you, you want to do before you use heavier weights. Like, can you get your arms up and over your head in, in certain positions that a trainer will walk you through? But anyway, so um, I quickly learned not from the textbook training, but from working with him. Oh, progressive weight training. This is what it is. So within, you know, over a few months, and I didn't have to work with them that long. I figured out, oh, so you're, you know, we started with this weight. next week, we're going to, you know, if I did my homework, and I use that weight, and did a couple of workouts in between, I'm probably going to be ready to add a little more weight. Nothing scary, you know, at least at first, you know. And then um, that's when my body really started to change. Not only my shape, even whittling. That's what I love about strength training. It it sort of whittles away those uh, the fat because when you have more muscle, you burn more fat. <laughs> so it sort of helped with that, but it that's when I started getting this really powerful strength that, you know, I became even more passionate about strength training, part of being a trainer. I think when I initially went into being a trainer, I thought, well, I'll just get people to go out there and exercise because that's what I've been doing. But then having experienced the benefits of getting stronger, and, you know, the physical changes that really excited me. Now, I've heard people say who have started exercising and really paying attention that not only did they make um, really, really helpful changes in their body, but as they were doing that, they found that it also affected their mental outlook and their 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 psychological well-being, that they felt different about themselves, that they felt different inside, that it wasn't, it wasn't solely a physical difference. Have you found that? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I haven't even mentioned that. I, because, and I'm so glad you brought that up because it has been the, the mental change that, um, that comes with that strength. Like the woman said earlier today, she felt so good moving chairs. You know, and I'll go to a, I have a club I belong to, a lot of really older women and before COVID. <laughs> and they were like moving chair, you know, there are these big heavy chairs that had to be moved. 
they were really heavy. And I'm like, here, let me do it. <laughs> but it's, um, that's not exactly mental, but wow, what, what about that image of myself? There's that. But also the woman who said today and during the class, she has to think faster. The workouts that they do, you have to think of the next one. Um, she talked about a sub that I had when I was gone. And that woman did a traditional class. That's her style. And she was the leader. And we all did, you know, she had bands, so it was resistance. But we're all doing the same thing, right? But she didn't fit. She saw there was a difference. She didn't have to think. You're sort of following along, not as much thinking. Where um, one thing I, I will have people doing a circuit. So today they had to quick, they had 20 seconds. You have to get from here to there. You've got to be thinking. You've got to be on top of it. You, and then the, um, the other the other real focus I have in my, and any personal trainer would have is a form doing something well. So it's like, if you've ever taken a dance class or played golf, it's like your brain is exploding with the, the 12 things you think your body should be doing during this move. Well, if you're taking a group exercise class, they'll give you some cues, but they're not going to give you that attention to a squat okay so then your brain is working you're like okay so i have to get my weight back on my heels i have to get my shoulder blades together chest up i've got to you know you have a lot to think about and you're thinking faster you're thinking on your um, feet and the classes that i that i teach or if you're working with me as a client or any, like I said, any trainer or good strength training program, it's going to have some intense cardio. And maybe I hope it would have some agility. And agility would be like side shuffles, you know, your shuffle one direction, then the other, maybe that's it. So that's where I think the brain difference comes in. When you... I can't explain it as a scientist or what happens physiologically, but I know that my brain is getting flooded with oxygen and other things <laughs> because I just start, I, I, you know, I'm thinking clearly, I can, I can feel it. And uh, it's that high intensity cardio, I think has a, a huge benefit. Um, and one of the depression. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I think when you're and, and we're almost at our time. So let me just mention <laughs> this. that One of the things I think when you talk about that shuffling from side to back, you know, um, that going side to side, when I have done that, it also has for me been helpful with balance, which is another issue for all of us as we get older. And so that kind of exercise is really helpful. So Mary, this has been great. So tell me um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Okay, so um, they could probably find me, Mary Rawls, on, um, you know, if you did a search, the name of my business is Fit for the Rest of Your Life, Fit for 
rest of your life. So the word the is not in there, but it would still probably come up on um, Google search. Uh, so that's, I have a website. I have um, Instagram, Mary Rawls, you'll find me. And um, I encourage women um, as we age to be on Instagram. I, I think it's different than what we think about social media and Facebook and that kind of thing. There's a lot of, depending on who you follow, but there's so much amazing information about fitness that you'll get there. So, so your, your last name is spelled R A W L E S. So if if you're looking for Mary, it's R A W L E S fitness for rest of your life. Fitness for rest of your life. So it's being fit for the rest of your life, but just leave out the word the for the rest of your life. I don't, it didn't fit in an email. (laughs) Right. I had to eliminate one word. <laughs> but for the rest of your life. Right. And that's that's the other thing. Yeah. It's yeah. just like get started, but hello, you're not going to finish. You've got to just keep doing it. And um, I've got to recommend the book Exercised if you haven't read it. The name of the book is Exercise? Exercised with a D at the end. Exercise professor came out this year, and I think that will it gives you a beautiful overview of exercise and what you know the history of it and what is ideal for keeping you fit. Thank you so much. Um, doesn't so I hope I just want to get up and start doing it. So I hope everybody <laughs> who listens is reacting that way. So you just want to go do some push ups, right? Yeah, now. that's right. <laughs> So that's our time for today. Oh, this was so much fun, Sarah. Thank you so much for You're so welcome, Mary. So please, those of you listening, join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. You can find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you again so much to my guest, Mary Rawls. Don't forget, you can find her at fitforrestofyourlife.com. Thank you so much, all of you, for being with us. Take care. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Prime Spark. With each episode, Sarah Hart brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes about remarkable, experienced women, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available at Spotify, Apple Podcast, and most other major podcast sites. The second women's revolution is here, and we hope that you use the insights you've gained here to fuel the spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world.
Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.